welcome to Supernatural Podcast, episode number 48 for A Very Supernatural Christmas. The episode was written by Jeremy Carver and directed by Jay Miller Tobin and originally aired in the U.S. on December 13, 2007. Happy New Year! I apologize for the delay in this episode. I really wanted to get it out before Christmas, but my dad died a few weeks ago since my trip back to Wisconsin to be with my family. You know, I just haven't been in good spirits to podcast. However, it is a new year and a fresh start. And, you know, that's the best thing about January. So today's episode will be a little bit different, but I hope you enjoy it. And there is an all new episode this week. So hopefully we'll get back to the swing of things, even though there really are only a couple episodes filmed um, due to the writer's strike. So let's get started. Let's start with the synopsis by Kristen and Samantha. Summary for episode 3.08, A Very Supernatural Christmas. Uh, the episode begins in a harmless ABC family Christmas special way. The grandfather dresses up as Santa and places the presents under the tree. But suddenly, there are very ominous sounds coming from the roof. Santa is perplexed as his grandchild says, Reindeer! Grandpa looks up the chimney and suddenly hands snatch him and pull him up. And all we see is a bloody boot. The next thing we see is Sam and Dean investigating a different house, which I was like, well, how many of these have there been? Because don't they usually investigate the victim that we see in the opening sequence? Usually, yes, they go after the opening sequence victim, but apparently there's no trace of that man. But no, there have been several victims over the course of this December, right. and Sam and Dean are investigating another house. Yes, and they find, well, Sam being super perceptive as he is, which I always say, he finds a tooth in the chimney. But I wonder why he was looking in the chimney. I don't know. I don't know how he saw a tooth in there? They automatically figure, well, something must have dragged him up the chimney. Of course. (laughs) And it must be like a cannibal of some sort who drags him up in pieces. Perhaps an evil chimney sweep. But the new starting... A Very Supernatural Christmas. Wasn't that so cool? I really liked how they had the exploding ornaments. That was And awesome. the jingle bells. Anyways, uh, so, they go back to the hotel, and Sam has a theory about what happened to this man. He says it's gonna sound crazy, and Gene's like, what, what could you possibly say that sounds crazy to me? Um, evil Santa? And yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so, I think that's a pretty awesome story for a Supernatural Christmas episode. Yeah, I like the idea of having Santa be evil. He's like a hero to all these children, but the other side of Santa. What we don't know about this age-old character. But Santa doesn't have a brother. There is no Santa. Yeah, I know. You're the one who told me that in the first place, remember? Anyways, Sam and Dean visit Santa's village, where all the other victims visited before their untimely demise. It's one of the creepiest places I've ever seen. I know. But while at Santa's village, Dean is pretretty much, he's in the Christmas spirit, and he wants to have, he wants Sam and Dean to have their own Christmas. Like when they were kids. Sam is a little less than enthusiastic about that. Yes. So he flashes back to 1991, Broken Bow, Nebraska. Nebraska. Yes. So Sam's wrapping a present for his dad, but he's very inquisitive, and he wants to know what their dad really does. And all he can get out of Dean is that he sells stuff. He's basically just like, no one ever tells me anything. And I think that's really kind of crazy that Sam, being his, like, super smart Stanford self, is, like, eight years old and still doesn't know what their dad does. Well, I think it's logical a little bit because he just hasn't been snooping around. He's been brought yeah, but up in kind of a military 
True. Like a military brat kind of household, and you just don't mess with dad's stuff. Right. And since no one's saying anything, you can't really find it out. Yeah, but they have all that downtime you think you would have snooped before then, but... I would have. I would have. Anyways, so, um, when Sam brings up the subject of their mom, Dean goes ballistic. Don't you ever talk about mom. Ever. He storms out of the hotel room. Poor Sammy. Poor Sammy. And he was six months old when his mom died, and he doesn't know what's going on. And wouldn't that be so frustrating to be in the dark all the time? So, meanwhile, they think they've found their Auntie Claus. But, when they check it out later that night, they find out that he's just a bum in a trailer. Who's smoking, drinking, and watching something that resembles really bad porn. Yes. And they burst in, <laughs> only to have to sing Christmas carols, and badly, to get out of there unscathed. I really love that. Well, Who doesn't know the words to Silent Night? Honestly? I don't know. But... While they're investigating this other anti-claws. Another family is hit by whatever kind of attacker this is, this evil Santa. Yep, and he comes out of the chimney, just, like, looks at the kid who's there, like, Santa? He's dressed all in maroon. He goes upstairs, knocks out the mom, drags the father down the stairs in a bag, and pulls him up the chimney. So, when Sam and Dean come to investigate this family, Sam, Sam being <laughs> super perceptive, <laughs> notices that this family has the same exact wreath as the previous family. So Sam calls Bobby, and he confirms that the wreaths are made out of meadowsweet, which is a very potent pagan herb. And Bobby also calls them morons for thinking that they're dealing with the Antiklaas, because, of course, that's totally unrealistic. I love Bobby. He's like the father they never had, the one who could, like... Could just see counsel him. them and tell them stuff instead yeah. of being like full of orders and yeah. that's all you need to do. Anyways, Meadowsweet marks the houses and the pagan worshippers come to kill them. So, doing their investigation, Sam and Dean find the wreath seller, and they also find out that a local lady had given him the wreaths for free, which is very suspicious because Meadowsweet is super expensive. Yeah. And when they asked him if he sold the wreaths, for, if he gave the wreaths away for free, he's like, hell no. It's Christmas. People pay a buttload for this crap. <laughs> I love him. I also love when Sam's, like, describing the wreath, and he's like, well, aren't you a fussy one? <laughs> Anyways, so the boys have a sentimental moment when they go back to the hotel. Because Dean tells Sam that he wants Christmas because it's his last year and he probably won't get a chance to have another Christmas. But Sam does not want to have Christmas for the same reason, because it's going to remind him that Dean won't be around next year, and he just can't face that. And then we get another flashback. So in this flashback, Sam finds out about what their dad really does by reading John's journal. So Dean finally sits him down and tells him the truth about the bad things that go bump in the night and what he, what their dad does. Sam's worried about their father dying in the job, and he basically is like, if they can get him, they can get us. If they can get us, they can get me. And what's even said, like, even the eight-year-old logic, it's actually true if you think about it. Because mm -hmm. they got the mom, then the demon got their dad. Well, it's just yeah. picking him off. But Dean says it'll be, it'll all be okay when he wakes up. And he's such a good brother. It's a very, oh, such a big brother thing to say. I know, Dean always takes care of Sam. Anyways, back in reality, the boys go to the local lady's house and find out not is all what it seems. 
They're a little too perfect. A little too like the cleavers. So they find out from Bobby that evergreen steaks will kill the pagans. The pagan gods, that is. Yes. So when the boys check out the Kerrigan's basement, there's a bunch of carnage and bones and nasty stuff. There was a human heart on the floor. The Kerrigan's come down and corner them and... Before they knock them out, they find out that they are themselves pagan gods. Yes. And even before that, you knew you knew they were something a little bit more than just regular creepy people. Yeah, they because saw... Because this little old lady had Sam up against a wall. Sam's huge. Yeah. He's like 6'5", and this little old lady's holding him up by his neck. The Kerrigans try to sacrifice the boys, and they take Sam's fingernail. In the preview, I thought they were just breaking his... Fingers, but oh yeah, nope. They went. No. They went right for it. I hated that part. But just as they're about to take Sa- um, Dean's tooth, the doorbell rings. Saved by the bell. <laughs> so the Kerrigans go to answer the doorbell. It's Lady with Fruitcake. It doesn't really matter in the story. By the time they come back, the boys are gone. They've escaped. So the boys lock them in the dining room, and the pagan gods find their way out, and their fight scene ensues surrounding their plastic-covered couch. But unfortunately, Sam and Dean's evergreen steaks are still down in the basement. Oh, so what no. do they use? They just break off branches from the Christmas tree, and then they stab them. I know, that was very innovative. I was proud of them. Anyways, we have another flashback. Our final flashback after the commercial. Episode. And Dean brings Sam Christmas. And then, so... Dean went to the house up the block and stole some random Christmas presents, and they turn out to be chick presents. A sapphire Barbie and a glittery baton. Sapphire Barbie? Dad probably thinks you're a girl. Anyways, then Sam... is disappointed that his father lied to him about being back by Christmas. Mm -hmm. The present he had for his father, he decides to give that present to Dean. And Bobby had given it to him, saying that it was very special. And Dean opens it up, and it's his necklace that he always wears. That we always wondered where he got from. And now we know. But we still don't know what it does. No, we don't know what it does, but we know where it came from, so that's that's part of it. Right. Anyways, so, the flashbacks have made Sam realize that he needs to create Christmas for his brother. So when Dean comes back from the store, there's a decorated tree. A very Charlie Brown Christmas tree with some... Air fresheners. And fishing fishing, ornaments. fishing bobs. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, they come in, and Dean has presents for Sam, and Sam has presents for Dean. And they exchange, and they have some eggnog with a kick. Lots of kick. Yes. So, all in all, a very merry Supernatural Christmas. So, I would give this episode a A A-minus, probably. Because it was really well done. It was really creepy, but it was also really cute, and I liked the flashbacks. So, yeah. What about you? I'm going to have to go for a solid A, mostly because I love the Weechesters. I love Sam, mm-hmm. like learning about Sam and Dean's backstory. Mm-hmm. It makes them a more rounded character, and I just like knowing where they've come from. Yeah, and it's good to find out more about that, because there's so much backstory that you can go into. How did they become the way they are? So I think we should see more of that. And I know that at Comic-Con... They were asking Eric Kripke if there was going to be any more episodes with the Weechesters, and they were up to the sixth episode by then, and they hadn't planned it yet, but I guess they just kind of threw it in because they knew that people liked it and they found an opportunity to use it. 
Okay, I'm Kristen. And I'm Samantha. And we enjoyed talking to you guys. See you later. Today's discussion will be with Josh and two guest hosts, Sherry and Renee. Hi, I'm Josh, and joining me for tonight's discussion is Sherry. Hello. And Renee. Hi. So, Sherry, what did you think of the episode? Well, I really liked this episode. It had the gruesome, gory parts to it, but it still had that sentimental Christmas feel. I really liked it, too, which is kind of strange since usually I am not crazy about the holiday-themed shows. They just seem to get so kooky. Well, I'm just the opposite. I'm a huge sucker for Christmas specials. And even though I can be real cynical when it comes to TV shows and stuff, all of that goes to the wayside at the holidays. So naturally, I ate the sentimentality in this episode up with a spoon. So, Sherry, what did you like about the episode? Well, I liked all the references to nostalgic characters like Mary Poppins and the Hardy Boys. They're really good at throwing in pop culture references in the show and adding little touches. Little touches that I like, like... You know, at the beginning when they had the special logo turning and flashing like they used to do in the old shows that you would watch as a kid. And also they had the new title card with the exploding ornament that said a very supernatural Christmas. I love that kind of stuff. I do too, because usually this show is very tense. So I like when it gets broken up with stuff like that. Right. That's a good point. And it's neat how they don't mind messing with their formula and adding you know, seasonality to it. Yep, that keeps things new. <laughs> right. I also like the flashback because Kripke said we weren't going to have any more, so I was not expecting it at all. I did too. I really enjoyed getting another glimpse into their messed up childhood. You know, at first it's pretty depressing and Sam learns about real monsters and it messes with his head, but of course it gets all Christmas specially and sweet when Dean does his best to cheer him up with these stolen Christmas presents, which I enjoy. Speaking of presents, I also like that we got to see when Sam actually gave Dean the amulet, originally intended for his dad. Right, and since the gift was meant for their dad, it was like Sam was giving it to Dean and symbolically acknowledging the fatherly role that Dean would take when their dad was gone. That's true. It's like, you know, the moment he stepped in and realized that he needed to do stuff for Sam that his dad wasn't going to be around to do. It's an excellent point. Yes, yes. I really liked the nice horror scenes with Santa. Oh, I agree. I mean, it was a supernatural Christmas special, which means it was, you know, sweet, but it was also a supernatural episode, which means it was twisted and gory and tense. Like, you know, monster dragging that kid's dad off in front of him or, you know, fingernails getting yanked out or teeth almost getting pulled, which totally had me cringing. And of course, staking by Christmas tree is pretty gruesome. How messed up is that kid going to be after seeing Santa kill someone? Messed up. Honey, I put my couch in front of my fireplace after this episode. (laughs) And did you notice that he took a cookie before he left? (laughs) Made me laugh. I did like the contrast between how the pagan god couple appeared outwardly versus who they were really, who they really were and what they were doing. Like if it looks too perfect to be true, it probably is. That's true. They were really, you know, (laughs) creepy in a weird nostalgic kind of way. And it was interesting that they discussed those pagan practices in relation with Christmas. Right. And how they brought out the fact that Christmas is not actually Jesus' birthday and that most Christmas traditions come from pagan practices. 
Yeah, I mean, the show does a good job of exploring all kinds of mythology, and it's only appropriate that they talk about where Christmas came from in the Christmas episode. It's not a happy birthday, Jesus. <laughs> Speaking of birthdays, I really liked the nice, happy ending. That's long overdue. Oh, me too, you know. I love the end when Sam surprises Dean with a Christmas tree and they have their presents and they have their Christmas special ending. And you kind of expect it to happen. You see it coming, but I thought it was still touching and heartfelt. It was nice to see that side of Dean because this season he's been kind of selfish and kind of a jerk at times because of what's going on. It was nice to see him be a little nicer. Yeah, you know, you're right. He's been in his own world and caring about that stuff. And it's nice to see Sam, although he couldn't find the words to thank Dean for being, you know, the stand-in dad all these years. I think that you can tell that the meaning gets across. So is there a, what did you guys not like about the episode? I have a big one. I did not like creepy sex offender Santa land. <laughs> if I would have walked in there, I would have walked right back out again. <laughs> no kidding. And that, you know, that Santa was kind of obviously a fake out with his limping and a fake out with the porn. But I have to admit that the bad caroling was a real treat. It was. It was kind of funny <laughs> that they didn't know the words to Silent Night. <laughs> that was great. This is kind of like not knowing your fairy tales. <laughs> so anything else you didn't like? Yeah, I, I really wish there would have been more explanation as to the showdown with the pagan gods. I would have liked them to explore that a little bit more and hear more about that. Oh, no kidding. And speaking of explanations, it could have explained how, you know, just given us a hint about how Dean and Sam got out of the chairs when the neighbor came by <laughs> and rang the doorbell. Or how the pagan god couple got into the room when they had all the doors blocked. I think they have special squeezing abilities that helps them get through tiny cracks and chimneys. Ah, yes. <laughs> Makes sense to me anyway. So, uh, any questions or speculation? Yes. One big question, I think. I still, even though they showed the amulet and the flashback and, you know, how, how Bobby gave it to him and it was special and it was for his dad and he gave it to Dean and all that, we still didn't learn anything new about what the amulet is for. That's true. We don't know what makes it special. You know, right. <laughs> Uncle Bobby gave it to him and said, it's a special, give it to your dad, but why? Is it going to come into play later? I hope so. I have a secret <laughs> hope that in the end, it's going to save Dean. That's that's my prediction. <laughs> well, it's like you, you wonder this whole time about why he's always wearing it, and you think you're finally getting an answer. And in a way, we do. We find out where it came from, but we still, we still tease us with the hint that it might mean something more. All right, let's talk about favorite quotes. Renee, what was yours? One of my favorite quotes was when Sam said, I mean, I can't sit around drinking eggnog celebrating Christmas when I know next year you'll be dead. I just can't. And I felt like in this episode, maybe Sam really had given up hope that there was anything he could do for Dean. He'd been to the Crossroads Demon, no luck there. He'd mentioned in previous episodes reading books, and you know, he just hasn't found any way to save Dean. And I think he really may feel like it's Dean's last Christmas. Oh, that's an excellent point. I mean, I, you're right. It's this whole season he's been in denial. He's been fighting with Dean whenever he mentions that he's dying and this is his last year and he gets really angry. But he's the one that can't face Christmas this year and it seems like it's because he's finally come to terms with, hey, Dean probably is going to die. Which 
kind of explains the role reversal because Sam is usually the more sensitive brother and you'd think he'd be the one that would want to make the last Christmas with Dean special, but instead it's Dean that wants Yeah, that makes sense. He doesn't want, you know, he's, it's forcing him to face the fact that there's nothing he can do for his brother, even though, you know, Dean's given up his life for him and there's nothing he can do. And if they celebrate this last Christmas and acknowledge that it's his last Christmas, it's kind of like accepting defeat. Um, I had a couple of favorite quotes, but um, the one that comes to mind is when Sam said, why do we move around so much? And Dean said, because everywhere we go, they get sick of your face. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great quote. It's such a brother thing to say, which goes along with my favorite quote, which is when uh, they're opening presents as children. And Sam says, Sapphire Barbie? And Dean says, Dad probably thinks you're a girl. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed out loud when they said that. Another of my favorite quotes is when Sam gets off the phone and he says, well, we're not dealing with the anti-claws. And Dean says, what'd Bobby say? And Sam says, uh, that we're morons. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been the anti-claws or anti-claws, like Uncle Claws, the anti-claws. <laughs> anyway, it could have been what they thought they were dealing with. Right, it made sense at the time. They had a limping, gross Santa (laughs) who smelled like candy. (laughs) All of the signs pointed to anti-claws. You know, something tells me he did not really smell like candy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe menthols or something. (laughs) Or alcohol. (laughs) Right, peppermint schnapps. (laughs) Well, thank you guys very much for joining me for this evening's discussion. Thank you, I had a good time. Me too. Great job to all of our guests today. Um, Let's talk briefly about some legends and references. Start with the legends, Krampus. The Krampus is a Middle European, mainly Austria, Germany, parts of South Italy and Croatia, as well as sometimes Hungary, type of frightening creature who accompanies Nicholas, the original Santa Claus. The name originates from the Austrian dialect word for lifeless, dried up or faded, or the old German word for claw. A typical Austrian tradition is the so-called Krampuslauf, or Krampus Run, on the 5th or 6th of December, depending on the region, where townspeople dress up in furs and devilish masks, wearing tails and horns. They accompany St. Nicholas, who will give presents to the good children, while the Krampuses will punish the naughty children, often by hitting them with a birch rod. This tradition originally has nothing to do with Christmas, but was a pagan tradition assimilated by the church in the 17th century. Therefore, St. Nicholas is dressed up like a bishop. The second is, of course, pagan gods. We've seen pagan gods show up before, such as in Scarecrow, but instead of making a sacrifice to a god, here the gods show up themselves, in the guise of Madge Kerrigan and her husband Edward. They pass as humans most of the year, except at Christmas where they take human sacrifices as tributes. The third is Meadowsweet. Meadowsweet is an herb sacred by the Druids. It's also a plant from which salicyclic acid, aspirin, was first isolated. In this episode, Sam says that meadowsweet was used to identify victims for pagan gods. Mrs. Kerrigan wove it into wreaths, and then the people who bought the wreaths were taken. And we had a plethora of references, and many of them were already mentioned by our guests tonight. But there was a special Christmas-themed title card for this episode. Dean calls Sam a Grinch for not wanting to celebrate Christmas. The Grinch was a Dr. Seuss character made famous in the book How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Dean refers to the Kerrigans as Ozzie and Harriet. It's a reference to the perfect 1950s couple Ozzie and Harriet Nelson in the long-running TV series The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet. 
When Sam talks about chimney sweeps, he mentions Dick Van Dyke, the chimney sweeper from the Disney movie Mary Poppins. Dean has no idea what Sam is talking about. In the present day, Sam gives Dean his motor oil and a candy bar, and Dean gives Sam skin megs, one is called Frolics, and shaving cream. Both boys have purchased their presents at the gas mart down the road. On the back of the motel door, it says the Thomas Kincaid suite, and the painting is reminiscent of a Thomas Kincaid painting. This is a shout out to Jared's role as Kincaid in upcoming film, The Christmas Cottage. The ending scene with Sam and Dean exchanging presents, then the camera panning back through the window to observe a scene from outside while the song Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is played, closely resembles the ending scene of the X-Files episode, How the Ghost Stole Christmas, which was 6.08. And there was one oops. Young Dean is reading a 2007 edition of Hot Rod magazine in the flashback scene. So we had... You know, a couple traditional Christmas songs in this one, as far as music is concerned. And there were two versions of Silent Night, and one was by Sam and Dean, which was sung quite off-key, and it was funny because they didn't remember the words. The song of the night tonight is Bad Weather by Thundas Inc. Check them out at thundasinc.com. The song is brought to you tonight by the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Enjoy. Feel sad God, I feel bad Got a hold of me Grows inside of me It's all around And it weighs me down There's nothing I can do Can't see my way through I'm sinking so fast Trying to keep my soul together Cause I know it's gonna pass Like bad weather Tis the ebb and flow Tis the body blow Hits me in the chest God, this spirit needs to rest On a calm shore Or in a thunderstorm Breaking in the south Trying to pull me out When I'm sinking so fast Trying to keep my soul together Cause I know it's gonna pass Like that
That's it for this episode. There is an all-new episode of Supernatural this week, but as the strike continues, we don't have many left. Thanks for listening, and take care. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Podcast. You can visit my website at supernaturalpodcast.blogspot.com or send me an email at supernaturalpodcast at gmail.com. Please note that the opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and not of the producers of Supernatural or the CW. Audio clips played on this podcast are property of the CW and no infringement is intended. Some of the music heard here is from the Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com. Thank you.